I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. Hello, hello, hello. And oh, happy day to you. It's been a minute, hasn't it? It's been a while since you've heard my wonderful voice. I'm giving myself a shout out here. (laughs) It's been a minute since I've been live with you, my listeners, on the air. And you know what? I am glad. I'm glad. I'm excited to be back on the air with you. I really hope and pray that you all are well, that you're doing good. Chris and I have been uh, very busy Uh, There's been a mixture of business and pleasure that has kept us away from doing our live recordings, Um, but I can assure you that both of those those obligations were uh, necessary. It takes a lot for me to um, put the show on hold, so to speak, and um, allow the encores to do what they do. So we haven't been live since April. Um, April 3rd was our our live recording. But thankfully, and very encouraging uh, for me, the Lord has watched over this ministry and the encores have kept people's attention. Um, The station obviously has done a great job because we still had 2,113 hits last month. Woohoo! That's without live recordings. May not sound like a lot to some people, but it's a lot for us because as far as we're concerned, one soul, one person makes the difference. If we can just reach one person at a time, one person per month even, it makes the difference. Now, of course, we would like it to be more But as with anything, more means more responsibility and more commitment, right? So anyway, I love it. I love it when this happens. That encourages me to know that what we do is valuable, that we have a purpose. Um, As some of you know, I am involved. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before I do that, I, I, I have to say something about my honey. Um, Chris is usually on the air with me. He's usually in the background handling sound issues or things like that. Tonight, um, he's still recuperating. (laughs) So he's with us in spirit and in prayer, but he's not live with me tonight. Okay. Got to give a shout out to my honey about my honey. Right. Okay. So now we can fast forward because we always run out of time. 
and I'm just going to say it up front that we might have to do this in two shows. But um, if so, that's not a problem. So back to business. As some of you know, I am involved uh, with a nonprofit organization uh, by the name of Bethany Incorporated. Bethany is in is is located in uh, Southeast Washington D.C. I've been involved with Bethany for uh, I'd say about a year and nine months. So going on two years now. Um, uh, at, at present, I'm more involved than I than I was initially. I was a volunteer, and I'm still a volunteer, but. Uh, through no effort of my own, <laughs> I managed to become the uh, president of the organization. And uh, my guest uh, had a lot to do with that, I would say. She's listening. But um, it was obviously the Lord's will. So now I am much more involved. And this is a, um, an organization that is very dear to my heart. The cause and the mission of Bethany is very um, dear to my heart and very important to me. So I decided to ask the director of Bethany to join me and we are going to share with you and tell you uh, more about Bethany. I've mentioned it a few times on the air, but we're going to get in depth tonight and we're going to tell you more about Bethany Inc. and what we do and how we do what we do. Um, we're going to talk about uh, some of our activities, some of our partners, um, just let you know more about Bethany. And the reason that I'm doing this is because I hope and my guest, we hope and we pray that this will inspire some of you to partner with us, to team up with us, um, help us out in some special way, okay? Before I introduce Teresa, let me tell you a little bit about the homeless situation in Washington, D.C. Um, combating homelessness is what Bethany is about. So for you to understand what Bethany is about, I gotta tell you a little bit about the homeless Ness situation in Washington, D.C. Now, I'm reading from um, our bro Bethany's bro brochure, which is our brochure. And um, let me just read a little bit of this bro brochure for you. Ugh, I got a little tight tongue there. It's been a minute since I've been on the air, so y'all just work with me, okay? <laughs> so... Family Homelessness. On May 11, 2016, the Washington Post reported that the number of homeless families in the district had soared by more than 30% compared with a year ago. For the first time since the annual census began in 2001, homeless children and their parents in the district outnumbered homeless single adults shaking my head, okay? Homeless children and their parents in the district outnumbered homeless single adults. On one day in late January, officials counted 4,600 
67 homeless children and their parents compared with 3,683 single adults. This is information as reported by Aaron Davis, Washington Post, May 11, 2016. Um, some of you may, may have experienced homelessness. I have experienced homelessness. Um, it, it, it is a personal part of my testimony and my background. I can tell you that it is devastating. Um, it is devastating. It just disrupts every aspect of family life, including physical and emotional health of family members and the education and the well-being of children. Fortunately for myself, um, when my siblings and I were homeless, uh, we ended up in shelters that were good shelters. They were great shelters. And they made a world of difference in our lives because um, it was a time, like I said, it was a devastating time. It was a confusing time. It was, it was a frightening time. But um, it's, I have very good memories of especially one of those um, shelters. And I'm actually trying to uh, make contact with them and see if I can maybe have one of their directors come on the show or something too. But anyway, um, homelessness, it, it can just be a very disruptive, very difficult, painful experience. Okay. And these numbers are just astonishing. I mean, can you believe that in the nation's capital of all places, the homeless situation is this bad? Brings tears to my eyes, you know, a groan in my spirit. It's something that um, someone like you, someone who's listening, you know, just the average individual can help make a difference. Okay. We may not be able to fix it all, but we can help one family at a time, um, one child at a time, one individual at a time, okay? All right, so having said that, let me tell you a little bit more about Bethany Inc., okay? About Bethany. Bethany was founded in 1993 um, by our board member. Um, she is still a board member. She is an active board member as well as our founder. Um, and her name is Carol Bullard Bates. If you're listening, Carol, I'm giving a shout out to you right now. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> I'm being funny right now. <laughs> but anyway, Carol, along with help and others, because it takes a village, all right, y'all? It takes more than one person to do these things. But um, Bethany was founded in 1993. Its mission has been and still is to combat homelessness for families in Washington, D.C., okay? In 2004, Bethany opened the doors of an eight-unit apartment building in Anacostia and later named it Good Hope House. Through 2016, Good Hope House provided transitional housing and support services for single mothers and children, including, or let me, let me say not including, but they helped more than 80 
families, including more than 150 children. Okay, that tells you a little bit about us. I'm going to tell you more after the break, and then I'll be having my guests join us after the break. Okay, people, I am back and I am talking tonight about homelessness, specifically in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm talking about the problems um, and the devastation that are felt because of homelessness. And I'm talking to you about an organization called Bethany Incorporated, who has a passion and a mission to do something about that problem. Here is Bethany's vision to develop a safe and loving community for homeless families, 
to create a nurturing environment for those families, for those mothers, for those children. Um, when I got involved with Bethany, we were a transitional program. We have now changed and become a rapid rehousing program. I'm going to have Teresa tell you more about that. But even though we've changed from transitional to rapid rehousing, our vision is still to provide a nurturing and caring environment for our tenants. That is something that is hard to come by these days. Um, so that is still very high on our list of priorities. Bethany's mission to provide affordable housing, another very difficult and challenging um, problem. Affordable housing, okay? The cost of living is going up and up and up. <laughs> a typical one-bedroom apartment can be um, over $1,000 just for a one-bedroom apartment. So if you have children, you know, and you uh, are not making that much money, that can be difficult, okay? We, we want our tenants to um, attain permanent living housing situations so that they don't have to be uprooted and start all over again. Um, but while they're looking for something to call their own, you know, like maybe if they have aspirations to own a home one day, you know, we're the next best thing. So having said that, and knowing that the time um, can easily escape us, I want to give a shout out to my guest, who's going to join me, Teresa Riddick. She is the executive director for Bethany Incorporated. But before she comes... I got to give out one more shout because um, we have some excellent staff at Bethany. We really do. I love our staff. I love Teresa. I love our maintenance engineer. I'm just going to call him Kip because that's what we call him. We call him Kip. <laughs> and Bethany could not do what they do without our staff. I mean, they share the vision and the mission of Bethany Incorporated. I mean, through and through. They are committed. They are dedicated. They are loyal. We have had some ups and downs. They have weathered the storms. They are still with us. And there is just absolutely no way that we could do what we do without them. So, Kip, want you to know we love you. I love you. And thank you for all that you do. All right? With that being said, Miss Teresa, are you there? I am here. Hey, darling, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. Forgive me, I am a little hoarse right now. Um, I attended my one of my daughter's graduations uh, this weekend, and I, there was a lot of yelling going on and cheering. So please <laughs> forgive the hoarseness of my voice, but what a, a great occasion in, in my life, and, and, and I'm just glad to be here. I'm able to talk to you and share some of my story, and of course, I'll talk a little bit about Bethany, and um, hopefully uh, we're able to uh, provide information that will inspire uh, people to uh, come and join our efforts in homelessness in D.C. Absolutely. No apology necessary. 
family is what we are all about, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so if I was there with you, I would have been yelling and screaming and hollering too. We'd both be horse tonight. <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm not horse, but I'm sipping tea anyway because it's something that I love to do. So I'm sipping some uh, tea from Jamaica. I've got an herbal peppermint tea um, that was a gift to me from my daughter who went to Jamaica recently, y'all. And so, Teresa, I know you're joining me for tea and hopefully it will help your throat. Uh, Are you sipping your tea? I am sipping my tea as well, and I'm drinking a green tea with ginseng and honey. Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds good. (laughs) That should help a sister out. I think that might help with the with the hoarseness a little bit. <laughs> yes, I, I do hope so. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you know, I I tend to call you dear and darling when I talk to you. So if I do that on the air, please understand. Okay. I'm just keeping it real. Um, tell us uh, a little bit about your background and how you came to be a part of Bethany, Inc. Sure, sure. So, um, let's see, for the start, I could, there's so much to, I could go back way, way back or um, just start with a, give a little summary of, of things. But um, I was born here, I was born in Washington, D.C., actually in the southeast. My family lived in the southeast. I grew up with um, three siblings and my mom and my dad were in my household, which was great to have both of them. Um, we lived in Southeast D.C. when it was uh, a, a really great community. I know there are a lot of uh, negative things that are uh, that have happened and uh, people believe about Southeast, but we lived there at a time when um, everyone knew everyone, um, mm. and it was great, and everyone looked out for everyone. Um, as, the, <clears throat> as the neighborhood began changing, my family um, wanted to... Um, make sure that their children had a safe place to live and got uh, quality education. And so we ended up moving to Prince George's County. Um, so I spent the majority of my life uh, growing up in PG County, um, attending PG County schools. Um, and after that, at some point, you know, you, you always miss home, and I've managed to move back here and live in D.C. ever since. Um, I um, ended up at Bethany, but before that, I, I certainly... Um, I'm no stranger to the experiences that a lot of our families, the families we serve, have gone through. I've had my fair share of tragedy and uh, traumatic experiences. Um, Some um, a lot related to um, sexual abuse. Um, I've gone through domestic violence situations. I've had um, a a lot of, of... that made a lot of bad choices, I believe, in my life. Um, and at some point, um, all of these things compounded and led to my homelessness, led to um, my depressed state, um, a state of insecurity, um, self-loathing, um, the whole shebang. Um, and so um, I probably spent the first 18 and a half years of my life just trying to figure out who I am, what was my purpose here, why I had gone through and endured all of the things that I had. Um, I was introduced to uh, church very early, to God very early. I had great uh, parents who um, were stern 
uh, Baptist uh, and uh, members, and I also had a great grandmother, praying grandmother, um, who um, introduced me to the Bible um, and to God. Um, so as I went on, I guess, an exploration to find out more of who God was, um, why I'm here, and why I had endured all the things that I've been through. Um, so I ended up um, attending church um, at a very young age. I, I did Bible study at a community church in the neighborhood, and they told me, you know, God has created us, created each of us with our own. Uh, we're special. We're different from everyone else. Um, those kinds of things, and um, God loves us, and and I started to explore who this God is. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I attended uh, uh, a triple, uh, a Bible camp in North Carolina. My family, my dad's family, from North Carolina, and I remember going there, and I we were, were memorizing all kinds of Bible verses. I was learning about God, um, and the God that my families knew. Um, and comparison to some of the things and choices I've made in my life, um, I really was concerned that I would not go to heaven. <laughs> um, and, okay. I, and I didn't know how to redeem myself. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it, was, it was a little challenging. And um, I strayed away from God um, mm-hmm. because I felt like my behavior wasn't uh, the best. It was not um, the kind of... Uh, representative of God and who he would want me to be. I was ashamed. Mm-hmm. And so um, I strayed away from God. Um, and um, as a part of, of my story, I certainly endured um, addiction um, to drugs and alcohol. I had um, eventually um, found myself in a position of deep despair. And one of the things my great-grandmother taught me was when you're at that point in your life, just drop to your knees and ask God to help you. And I did so. Um, and it was the most enlightening start to the new chapter in my life. It was, I felt completely cleansed. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm getting a little shook up. I've broken up about it. But I was completely cleansed. And, um, and from that point on, every step of my way was guided. And I, I, I found that I was on the path to what I was destined to be and do in this world. Um, so I went through uh, another oh. program in the city. Pause right there. Okay. Because now we've got about 10 seconds, maybe less, um, before we go into break. So I think this is a great place to pause because I'm feeling your words. And I want this. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. (laughs) A black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs 
a purpose and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from authorhouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A black nurse. <laughs> Thank God. Ah. the woman I used to be. I'm free on toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on toginet. And now back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right, people, this is Minister Diane. I have got my uh, good friend and colleague and um, associate uh, from Bethany Incorporated. I've got Miss Teresa Riddick. She is our, our executive director, and I'm going to let her pick up right where she left off. Oh, thank you again. So, um I guess I left off with um, the the sincere prayer for, for help from God. And uh, so um, after that prayer, um, God started putting people in my life um, and specifically to give me uh, messages on the help that I could get. So out of the blue, I, I found out about a program called So Others Might Eat um, for help with my problem with addiction. Um, I entered that program in um, 2008. Um, it was uh, once I completed the program, successfully completed the program, um, I got back here. We were in West Virginia, actually. I loved West Virginia. It was it was a, a very um, quiet place where you can actually hear your own thoughts. I felt like I had been in chaos for so long, so being somewhere um, quiet um, um, was was really a, a benefit. Um, so I finished the program and came back here to D.C., um, and it was time for me to get a job. <laughs> and um, so I ended up at a place called Jubilee Jobs. I went there as a client uh, looking to, for them to help me find a job, um, and, and looking at my resume, they ended up hiring me themselves. And so I was another blessing um, I got that, that let me know I was on the right path. Um, not many people... Um, were hired by Jubilee Jobs as you know coming as clients, but uh, they made the exception for me, and I appreciate. It. I started off as a part-time secretary, and um, I had worked. I was a stranger to office life. In the past, I had jobs, um, fairly good-paying jobs that could afford, allow me to, to afford to pay rent um, and things like that in the city. Um, and um, I, from that point, I went on to full-time employment there. Um, handling the front office and the desk and answering phones. Um, then um, I, at some point I ended up, there was an opportunity for a job that, in grant writing development. 
uh, for the organization. Um, and I'm not sure who recommended me, but somehow um, I ended up um, getting that job. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm so grateful. I was responsible for, um, at that time, they had a, a, a little bit over a $700,000 budget. Um, not only did I first year raised that in the first year there, I exceeded that goal. Um, I never, mind you, I never <laughs> wrote a grant. I never fundraised before. I never I've done any of this. Um, but I was able to uh, not only perform that job but exceed the expected performances of that job. And then being there, you know, the, the organization was so great. We, we did things like uh, read books that uh, empowering books, and one of the books I read was a, a book called "Let Your Life Speak: Listening to Listening for the Voice of Vocation" by uh, Parker J. Palmer. I do recommend that book for anyone who's who's wondering about um, um, their their job, what they're doing, what they're or what they're what they're meant to do. Um, it's a great way to kind of check in of where you are, with where you're working, or you know those kinds of things, and, and help you understand that that. You know the job. Um, your, your job should line more. You it would be more rewarding if your job lined up with what your purpose um, is. Mm. And so um, that was an awesome book um, to read. And so I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, the director of Jubilee uh, Jobs, of course, uh, Terry Flood, was very instrumental in my life. She she showed me great leadership. Um, they encouraged me every step of the way. At some point at Jubilee Jobs, I joined the board of. Uh, Bethany Incorporated. <laughs> um, I've been asked uh, previously, but um, at that time, um, I was on a, uh, the track of, you know, earning my college degree, finding housing, um, a couple other things. So I ended up uh, enrolling in Trinity University. I remember an older a job I had previously where um, I was asked to perform the job of a director for the organization, but because I lacked a college degree, I couldn't actually get the position. And and that was so disappointing and disheartening to me. I was good enough to perform the work, but I wasn't good enough to actually get the job and get the pay that went along with it. And so mm -hmm. I was determined that um, in getting my life together, one of the things I would do would be to uh, obtain my college degree. Uh, so I enrolled in Trinity University, working full-time, attending full school full-time, um, and graduating in 2012, summa cum laude, uh, from Trinity University with a 3.9 GPA um, wow. here in D.C. So it was it was great. So that was one very out the way. <laughs> and then during that time, I also found um, a landlord who was willing to lease to me. Um, I didn't have bad rental history, but, I, of course, I didn't have the great credit um, mm. that I needed um, to qualify for housing in D.C., but I, I was able to locate a landlord, and I applied. And what happened was um, in, in applying and talking to him, I found out that he was a good friend of someone who lived in the Oxford house I was currently living in. And um, and I was able to actually get my own place, my own apartment here in northwest D.C., um, and that was great. It was affordable, and I could... Uh, work. I had enough to pay rent, all of those things. Um, my children during this time, I had uh, the support of, I have great family members, and so I have um, a sister, my older sister, Kathy, with thank you, Kathy, and, and I'll be in trouble if I don't mention Trina and Sharon. <laughs> but um, Kathy Riddick, uh, she's my heart. She took in my daughter 
uh, my youngest daughter raised her during this time. My oldest daughter was much older. She was able, she also had family, and I appreciate the Boone family for taking in my oldest daughter. And um, and so my children were taken care of. It was always a goal of mine at some point to reunite with my children. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember in going through the program that there weren't many family housing, transitional housing or housing places for for families here in D.C. Mm-hmm. This was 2008. Literally, there were probably two, and as you can imagine, those places had a huge waiting list. Um, so it was it was pretty disheartening. Um, I was I was able to continue my journey in recovery, but um, I would have to do it without um, my children being directly involved. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Well, that's a lot. I've, I've already shared a lot. I should probably take a sip of tea at this point. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Hold on, while you're taking your sip of tea, while you're drinking Mm -hmm. your tea, let me also give a shout out to, since you were talking about Jubilee Jobs, let me give a shout out to another committed and faithful, loyal board member of ours, and um, his name is Lawrence Taylor, y'all. I'm just going to say that, okay? I wouldn't be at Bethany if it wasn't for these names that I'm mentioning. Um, Teresa, Lawrence, uh, Carol, Kip. Um, I love him. He's great. Lots of experience, wisdom. Love you, Lawrence. All right. Have you had your tea, Teresa? I've had my tea. I'm ready <laughs> to keep it going. All right. So, okay. um, yeah, we got to keep it going. Tea. Okay. All right, so after the housing and, and everything, the graduation from um, college um, and uh, being on the board of Bethany, there was an opportunity for me to actually um, become the director uh, at Bethany. And, you know, I've been working at uh, Julie Jobs for um, at least eight years, having a life decision to make. Um, your, when I your, voice, college, your voice broke up. Your voice broke okay. up, so you have to go back to where you said you were at Jubilee Jobs for? I've been at Jubilee Jobs for at least eight years. Okay. Um, and a position opened up at Bethany for a director. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being um, just having a hard time struggling because that job our position was offered to me. Um, and I didn't know if I should give up the security of the eight-year job or do I embark on a brand-new experience um, with an organization I'm certainly compassionate about. I had joined the board because I knew that there weren't a lot of organizations in the city that served uh, families, especially women and their children. Um, and so I was compassionate about the, mini- the, the mission. Um, and But, you know, reality, society, reality says, hey, you're giving up a job at security. Um, mm-hmm. And so I prayed. I, I prayed on that. Um, I went to bed praying on that, and when I woke up, the message was as simple as can be. It was, um, you asked for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 And um, and I remember saying, wow, I, I did. I remember applying at Trinity University when I enrolled, and that was one of the, you know, the, have you write a personal statement, and that was one of the things that I said I wanted to do. I wanted to help families that have gone through what I've gone through, um, I wanted to be a part of that uh, process and hoping that my story would certainly be an inspiration to help people who have, who have gone through what I've gone through. And um, and so I took 
I accepted the position of director at Bethany Incorporated. Um, that's how I got there. <laughs> now, that's okay. The of my story, but you know. Well, hopefully, um, we can have you come back and actually tell you tell more about that journey. But let's talk now about now that you're there. You know, I, mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot in between how you got there and where you're at now. But now that you're mm-hmm. there, what has happened at Bethany um, in the last year, I'd say? Um, I mentioned that we were a transitional housing program. Now we're a rapid rehousing program. Can you give us a brief summary about that? We got about two minutes sure. before the break, before the next break. Sure. Sure. So in, in 2016, um, the, we transition from transitional housing to rapid rehousing. Uh, we offer our apartments. We own actually a building in southeast Washington, D.C. at 1715 Diaz and Victor Street, southeast. Um, and we have we own the building, and so we were able to transition um, our program from the transitional housing services that we offer to actually offering um, apartments uh, for low-income families and homeless families in D.C. through the rapid rehousing program. Um, and the design of this program is to provide um, housing for families where there are subsidized uh, rent payments for up to a year in hopes that the family is able to transition out into their own and sustain themselves. Now, can you tell us um, why why we had to make that change? Can you tell our listeners, rather, why we had to make that change in, like, 20 sure, seconds? Sure, <laughs> sure, So the overall strategy, of course, in, uh, for the city uh, in ending homelessness is something called opening doors. And this model um, con- consists of what's called housing first. Where before, they were, there was a lot of assessment happening with families. Now they feel like if they could put families and stabilize them in housing, then they could work on those things that are barriers to them living out permanently on their own in permanent housing situations. Um, and so, sorry. okay, the break, the break caught us anyway, but we're going to pick okay, it up. Okay, it's okay. The break. We can pick up where we left off. There we go. Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day. Not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? A sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, Amazon.com, and any major bookstore. Overcoming Sexual Abuse. With quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. 
Trisha will dig deep at the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, I am talking to my guest, Miss Teresa Riddick. Uh, she is the executive director at Bethany Incorporated. And we were just talking about the homeless situation and our, um, I don't want to call it a program, but our status as a rapid rehousing program. I guess that's correct. Um, More of a partner in the rapid rehousing program. Yes. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you for helping me out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I just want to point out that Teresa and I know um, that many of the families we serve have difficulty qualifying for apartments uh, for financial reasons. You know, some of the reasons like what she mentioned, you know, maybe their credit is not perfect or maybe it's not great. Um, Some families uh, strive to survive while overcoming psychological and physical disabilities uh, Teresa mentioned some of those kinds of uh, situations in her own life. That was the case in my family's life. There was alcohol abuse. There was domestic violence and traumas. So even though we are not transitional anymore, we still try to um, let our tenants know about other resources. And we have, um, I guess you could call it a partnership um, with uh, paving the way. Mm-hmm. Let me get, uh, I have a card here. Let's see. Let me tell you a little bit about paving the way. It, paving the way is a multi-service institute. It's a behavioral health clinic. Um, they're fairly new in the area. I think it's been, I want to say close to two years, uh, somewhere around two years. I think I could be wrong about that. So mm-hmm. don't quote me on that. Um, they offer a range of services, diagnostic assessment, medication management, individual therapy, family therapy, group therapy, psychological testing. You know, when people are dealing with these kinds of issues, you know, it is hard for them to just straighten up and fly right. You know, a lot of times they need some additional support. And just because they become tenants now and not clients, um, we still recognize that. And so, 
um, I just wanted to give that shout out to um, Paulette Jones um, at Paving the Way. And see if you want to say anything uh, more about that, Miss Teresa. We, uh, you know, I've really appreciated the, the people that have uh, come into um, Bethany um, out the blue. I mean, sometimes I would be sitting there thinking to myself, you know, how can I help our families? What, what could we do um, to help them? And I get a phone call from someone just out the blue um, offering some kind of services that, that end up being so beneficial for our families. So we've had the benefit of working with a couple of um, church groups in the area, so uh, Brighter Day Ministries. Um, we're so grateful for them, Arvis Powell and her support um, in helping us, helping our families, providing um, toiletries and necessities for the families um, in our program. We've also um, are grateful for Miracle International Peace Ministries in Capitol Heights, Maryland, um, and Greater Tyson Temple, um, and that relationship through the, the Sean Green, um, who actually provided our families with um, with holiday gifts uh, this this past Christmas. So um, we've had quite a few collaborators um, and partners that have come. Um, you know, I feel I, I say God sent them to us because. You know, I sit there thinking about what we can do to help our families, and I'm just going to call out the blue, and it's someone offering some type of service to help our families, and so we're so grateful. These are just a few that I've named, but um, if, I'm sure there's certainly more, and I, I don't want to offend anyone, but if, you know, if I didn't mention your name, I do want to say I, I just thank you. Uh, you know what you've done and what you're doing to support our, our mission and, and support the effort to end homelessness in D.C., so we're grateful. Uh, for your partnership with that. Well, I can add, um, I can add that, um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about Fair Chance uh, maybe in the next show, but I do at least want to say that even even this past Christmas, Fair Chance had a private, um, a private partner that, oh man, just blessed our kids and our families socks off. You know, yeah. I didn't talk to him about whether he wanted his name mentioned or not. Uh, probably the individual, shouldn't. <laughs> huh? Yeah, probably shouldn't. Yeah, probably so I won't is. mention his yeah. name, but I just wanted to um, say that that Fair Chance, mm-hmm. Anacostia International Assemblies of God, um, ETS Ministries. Um, as Teresa said, we have just been blessed with volunteers. Um, we just recently had a cleanup campaign because if you, like Teresa said, things have changed in Southeast. And so when you go over there now, you know, it, it, it weighs on my heart even because I see that um, some of the area is ran down and um, the trash kind of builds up in the community um, because, um, you know, I, I could get into a long discussion as far as why that is, but You know, we sought volunteers and we had students join us from MSU and um, uh, one of the basketball players from Andrews Air Force Base came and they just helped us do a cleanup campaign right there in our Mm -hmm. community. So, you know, even though we're not transitional anymore, these are still the types of things that we want to promote in that community. We want to promote a sense of community. Um, like I said in the mission and the vision statement, mm-hmm. we want to develop a safe and loving community. Yes. For so, um, I, 
for for the for the uh, not only our tenants, but we want to inspire that in the southeast region. So um, I, obviously, I triggered something that you want to say there. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I I, I didn't mention that our apartment building is an eight-unit apartment building, and so I um, just wanted to, to share a bit more about the families that we we're dealing with. And so currently, we have. Uh, seven mothers in our building within their children, um, eight children in the building. Um, and we're so blessed by them. Um, this past year we've helped five families transition into permanent housing, um, which is a very difficult task. And I, and I wanted to make sure we got that in um, before we run out of time tonight because I know this, we're, we're coming to a close of, of uh, this interview. Um, but we have, we're, we're, I'm so inspired by these women. Um, they they gain employment, um, they take care of their families, they get up in the morning, um, and they search for housing. They, they take care of their kids, they cook dinner, they're home, they're, they go to work, you know, all of these things. Um, and um, the one thing, they're fixing their credit, uh, the one thing a lot of them have barriers to with, with the apartments is the income requirements um, and qualifying for apartments out here. Um, and so we have been grateful as well for uh, the landlords who've uh, given our, our uh, families a chance. Uh, we yes. had four, five families move out this past year into their own apartments, and so uh, and they're still there. <laughs> um, yes. Amazing. We talk uh, on a daily basis. I actually asked them to tune in tonight, and so um, I don't want to say their names for confidentiality's sake, but certainly if you're listening, we're so very proud of you and what you've accomplished, um, and just keep moving forward. Yes, and so that the listeners don't know, um, you know, so that they don't know, some of those transitions occurred under the transitional housing program um, right. before we became rapid rehousing program also, so that nobody right. can try to figure out who's who here. <laughs> right, right, right. So let me say this. Um, when we, We'll do a follow-up show, and we'll talk more in depth about some of the programs and activities that Bethany has done. Um mm-hmm over the years, but um, I want to say that, uh, let me just read this from our brochure. Bethany Inc. is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. Your support, the listeners, people like Teresa, people like myself, your support makes a difference, okay? Make a pledge or contribution to Bethany. We have something called Do More 24 coming up. Um, mm-hmm. On June 8th. On June 8th. Go ahead, Teresa, and say something about that. Sure. So Do More 24 is the largest 24-hour online fundraising campaign, um, and it's powered by the United Way of the National Capital Area. Um, on that day, on June 8th, anytime from uh, to 11.59 um, p.m., uh, that on June 8th, you can make a donation to uh, to support Bethany um, and what we do with our families. And um, so all you need to do is log on to um, the search for the Do More 24 website and search for Bethany Incorporated. We're under the Health and Human Services section um, of the site. Um, and, of course, you can make a pledge that at X level, that I believe it's $24, it's $48, um, and um, support and, and helping us support our mission of ending homelessness 
in D.C. Um, we have a lot of families who, um, one of the things that we learned is that even though families are given um, a year's subsidy, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, and there's so much, the city is providing services for so many different locations in the city that are supporting families that sometimes, you know, any ways that they get, you know, we can help by providing additional services, whether it's some case management or support services within our own building, um, is crucial for us. We feel like we, as well as uh, the city, can help our families. So we need volunteers to come in to lead some of the workshops that would be great to lend their experience and expertise to helping our families grow. Um, we need uh, workshops to such as parenting classes, life skills development, uh, those kinds of activities. Volunteers are crucial uh, in helping us achieve our mission. Of course, the financial support would be great. Um, if someone uh, was able to, to donate money, that would also help us provide these additional services for our families. Um, and in addition, you know, we also need board members. Um, oh, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> 